Welcome to The Deep Place on Creativity and Spirituality. Friends, you are listening to Season 3 of The Deep Place Podcast. And in this season, we are going on a journey, the creative journey. My name's Joel McCarrow, and I'll be somewhat of a guide through the strange and wild lands that make up our creative worlds. So would you take my hand, shake the dust, pick up your packs, and let's go. The Deep Place podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, a land that was stolen. As a podcast, we pay our respects to the traditional custodians and storytellers of this land. And we thank Auntie Di Kerr for her blessing to tell stories and poetry on this land. I'm sitting here in the lounge room of Ingrid Laguna, a new friend of mine. Um, is that how you say your last name, Laguna? Correct. That's it wonderful. Is, it is. Is that your well. maiden name? Is that your married maiden, name? Maiden name. How funny is that word, maiden? Know, that's a weird word. I Even know. as I said that, I just I'm caught myself. I'm a little myself. maiden. <laughs> yes, it's my maiden name. But I always kept my name, and it's actually a Polish name. And the Laguna Polish, is, yeah. yeah. The Polish pronunciation, I believe, is Wagner. Ah, cool that's, that? that's really cool. Do you know yeah. what it means? Uh, I'm going to say Wondrous Lake. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds a bit like right? a lagoon. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I don't know what it means. It means awesome things. It just means really cool things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Ingrid Laguna is a novelist, a writer, has has written a whole lot of different books. Four of them are sitting like in front of me right here, which is super exciting. Um, and was a singer-songwriter, percussionist back in the day, has done work with um, refugees, has done work with Indigenous crew. You've done lots of stuff in your life, which is pretty fun. Pretty fun, pretty fun. Some it's a of lot it of fun. Yeah, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff, and um, yeah, I have. <laughs> that is true. So here, here I find myself yeah. writing books. Um, I guess, you know, what do they say that, you know, everything, all the moment, everything, your whole life leads up to where you are now. And I, now I find myself, as I was saying to you earlier, yeah. um, that, uh, my creative outlet or my creative voice, God, yeah. it's easy to use cliches, um, is, is through writing now. Mm. And so it's taken a journey through a few different things. And, and, and I guess it always will, but yeah, yeah absolutely. What so, was the initial? When were, when were you initially like, oh, there's this creative thing and I am falling probably, in love with it? Oh, you mean, you mean initial, like, initial creativity? Yeah, like initial uh, yeah, creativity as a whole back in the day, yeah. way back in the day. Well, I've always loved dancing. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So dance um, and movement, it's probably, I still love to dance, to yeah. live music, you know, yeah. uh, just gives me enormous pleasure and satisfaction and and, and it's creative it's yeah. just it's an expression um but then i got into hand drumming so playing congas and djembe and da- so i was yeah. dancing with it like a little um a little troupe and they were there were a whole uh there were f- three or four uh people playing congas and mm-hmm. djembe and i was dancing with this other woman and um, I just did that briefly with them, um, and then I couldn't bear not playing the drums because I was so envious of. I just went, "That looks so fun!" Wow. Well, cool. how could you not? I can't even imagine not, you know, not wanting to. Yeah. 
these, they were they were all, all men playing these drums. I just went, I have to play drums. Yeah, wow. And so threw myself into that with such a passion, mm. um, and did that for many years, and just sort of practiced every day, and did, and wow. did sort of lot of lessons and workshops. Played in a band for years, and so what was yeah. it about the drums? Why was that the thing? Um, that I you're guess like, I got to do that. Look, the, well, the, listening to good drumming, I listened to a lot of drumming from, you know, Africa and, you know, Latin music and uh, I just was in love with the music of, of the drums, really. Mm. And um, I guess I was challenged to become, to get better at it and to, and it just felt amazing to, mm. it feels amazing to play drum, to play a rhythm and to get into it and I guess it's quite, um, it's just deeply satisfying. Yeah. Deeply satisfying and mm. brings you into the present and... Then to challenge myself to get better at it and to be able to do little sort of little tricky things and to, to be able to solo a little bit. I, I mean, I was mm. never brilliant, but um, it was just, yeah, challenging and, and really great. But then from there, I got to a point where I had a lot of physical challenges from carrying drums and <laughs> touring with, because we toured yeah, Europe wow. and toured on the East Coast and stuff. And I wasn't looking after my body well enough. Yeah. You know. And it gave out on you. Well, I was getting I lost circulation in, in my fingers. I'd wake oh. up um, through the night because I had, I had no circulation oh. in my fingers. I was just doing so much drumming. Yeah, I used wow. to have an entire massage, like a one-hour massage just on my forearms regularly. Wow. Yeah. Just to get it happening. <laughs> yeah, just because I was just doing so much drumming. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. I'm guessing it was very – was it a very communal experience drumming as well? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I enjoyed, I mean, just playing with one other percussionist is yeah. really fun. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we would do this thing where you would have, you could sit with yourself and one other person with four congas between you. Yeah. And you play a rhythm on three drums. So you go, you're going, each person is going between the three. Yeah. And they're all tuned. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, and you're in sync with the other person. Yeah. It's just like lift off when the music, mm. like when, with any music, you know, when you're all in sync and it's like lift off together. Yeah. It's That's a, that beautiful moment, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess um, when you think about that compared with writing, there's a difference, mm. right? You mm. don't get that sort of lift off um, in the same way. Yeah, there's no, there's not that immediate response. Unless you're a performance poet like myself, then you get an immediate response from audience, and you yeah. you run on their energy, yes. and there is that there is that moment that feels like it's two presences coming together in yes. sync. Um, but yes. that, as a writer. You well, well you might get there when you're sharing your your writing, but otherwise, yeah, I guess you you don't get there. I'm just trying to think of the equivalent in in, in writing. There sort of mm. isn't, except with you and the writing, or you and the character, I guess. Yeah, or you and the when when it's the equivalent. I guess the equivalent of sort of lift off is when it feels like you know just having moments where the story is you know, it shifts in a way where you're getting traction where you didn't feel there was traction before or yeah. or uh, the, the the sentences are sort of, th there's just a, a new life to it or you, you make changes and then it, it just really works in a new way mm. and then it sings to you kind of. Yeah. yeah, I love that description of it though as a lift-off moment because that is really what it feels like. And I notice that I've noticed it in lots of different things. And, I mean, in storytelling mm. we always say that it's, 
there's you and there's the story and then there's the audience. Um, but because there's, it's like a delayed audience almost for a, for a novelist, someone who's writing and then I'm sure you have the, the audience and the direction in mind, like the people who are going to receive this thing as you're writing this book. Um, but yeah, that delayed thing would make it hard. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think different people have um, different experiences or would respond differently to that question or that idea of mm. whether you're writing for an audience mm. or who mm -hmm. you're writing for. And mm -hmm. I think it's really different for everyone and also different with any different manuscript and at any point in the manuscript. Mm. I mean, once you're working with your editor in the final stages and there's very much an audience in mind and it has to, there are kind of rules, especially, well, um, I'm predominantly a children's author at the moment. My last four books and my next two are predominantly, well, are middle grade, so yeah. chapter books. Yeah. So then there are kind of rules and boundaries yeah. which is an interesting area in itself. Yeah. But, and in terms of writing for an audience, there's that idea of writing for that readership. But yeah. really, personally, I don't, even though um, my writing has been used in educational contexts, um, I mean, the last one, this one that's just been released is in particular for classrooms, but the other books that I have written um, have been used a lot um, to springboard on topics such as, you know, radical empathy or social and emotional intelligence or yeah. things that, you know, are, you know, well used in the classroom and great for sort of 8 to 12-year-old kids and yeah. great to work, doing author visits on those topics. But in the writing process, yeah. I have no intention of educating anyone. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, do you, you even know, have an audience in mind? I don't think just, I do. So you're just writing it for you essentially? Well, I mean, you think about it for you. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Let me be honestly, I don't, I don't have an audience in mind. I, I'm yeah. with the character. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm with, and I'm with the, 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 um, the output and the, what I'm just creating something new yeah. and that coming together or not coming together a lot of the time, you know, most yeah. of the time until it does. Yeah. Um, I don't, I guess maybe on some level I, I must have some sort of an audience in mind but for for now like at the time of, of writing it's yeah. for me yeah um, yeah i mean what what's your experience of, of writing something yeah i know you're working on something at the moment do yeah, you yeah. have an audience in mind i think it, it differs um between my different things that i do and so i think often poetry i'm writing for a specific person so i try to never have like the faceless yeah um, the faceless mass of critics that I'm like that, that mass audience. I try not to have that in mind because I think that just hinders me. Mm -hmm. But, but I find with poetry and I've found actually with, with the novel, like I've written some YA novels and some, some children's based stuff that I'm writing it. Also, I, I'm writing it for me in the moment as you're talking about that, but I seem to also have kind of particular kind of faces of people or just and some of them real and mm -hmm. some of them almost like I make someone up and I'm like this is mm -hmm. like this is for you person mm -hmm. so yeah so it's for an audience mm -hmm. of, of one yeah, other yeah. person and mm -hmm. then hopefully that mm -hmm. broadens out to a wider audience but yeah. yeah and I was just thinking when you said like because I know I sort of said you know maybe I'm writing it for me but I don't think I'm writing it for me it's almost more to be true to that question I'd probably mm -hmm. have to say it's more writing it for itself yeah, for the for yep. the for the 
the story itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I love I love teasing this out. Yeah, I, like it. I think it's so a really beautiful thing to tease out, and it's what I'm hearing in it as well, especially linking it back to that lift off moment. Yeah, if you're not writing it for the audience, and it truly is about your relationship with your protagonist, like with yes, your with these absolutely. characters in there, and yes. so that and the story and the story, yeah, yes, and so it's when those it's that relationship when that hits that. Yes. That transcendent mystical experience of like yeah. two amazing things smashing together and you're like, whoa, we have liftoff and things are flowing and things are amazing. Yeah, yeah. No wonder it's it's between you and the story. That's that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. I yeah. think that's it. Um and it and it comes in little bits. It comes in little bits. and then as yeah. it you know, the further along it is and the more polished it becomes, hopefully, you know, it becomes yeah bit easier to, to yeah. work on and and by that stage you know I, I mean it's it sort of reads differently every time you sit down to it but yeah. um, hopefully you, you know you get to a point where it's just coming together mm. and you, you don't you're not wasting words and every mm. you know ideally every word has, has a purpose you know for being there and particularly with writing for children um I guess what I have learnt in the last few years more than anything in the craft of writing for children, um, and, and this of course applies for adult writing, if not all writing, but yeah. that, that um, you, you know, you can't waste a word and you can't, yeah. you have to keep the story moving along. And if you're writing for, uh, and, and this relates back to who you're writing for, but yeah. I guess, you know, with this readership, with this particular with the way that I'm now used to writing, yeah. you need to keep the story moving along. Yeah. And you need to be so skillful in your use of in if you're going to insert reflections or description or yeah. um, if you want to show the inner response as a character's internal response to an event. Yeah. Which I think is fascinating if yeah. done well. I've, yeah. I was reading um Palacio Ado Palacio's Wonder, which came out a little while ago, which uh, right. not Wonder, but, um they wrote Wonder, but they recently put out one called Pony. Okay. And I love the way I'm not actually sure if they are a man or a woman. Um but anyway, I love the way that they um spend a lot of time in mm. the story. Mm. Um, conveying the protagonist's internal response, huh. reflection mm. to a given situation in a way that's still really interesting and alive. Yeah. They do it in a way that's quite gripping and it's really taught me to not hold back. So in my writings, I, like for example, this morning I've been working on this manuscript of this next book I'm writing and I'm letting myself really stop at those just a whole lot of points where I go, it might be interesting to explore mm. what the character's response is to this. Mm. What does it remind them of? Mm. Where does it take them? Why? Where does it, and mm. like because you can always, especially in, in an early draft, you can always just keep going with that. You know, I say to yeah. students like I'm working, I'm teaching at this. I've been this term, been teaching Wild Riders Club at the Maharishi School, and right. I've been saying to them. You know, I always say to them, make a lot of room on the page. Don't if there are words are coming. Keep, don't ever stop the words. So yeah. when I say, okay, time's up, but I'll say, has anyone still got words coming? And the kids know now. They'll go, yeah, I've got words coming. So I just go, you keep writing. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, I'm really, I feel like um, I'm learning uh, to let myself in those interesting points mm. really go into what the character is experiencing and just trust that that's actually really 
interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A quick word from our sponsors. My goodness, it's a huge privilege to get to do what I do, uh, to talk about creativity and spirituality. But not only do I do this here on this podcast, but also I teach a whole unit on this at bachelor and master's level at ACOM, the Australian College of Ministry, which is a Christian-based online uh, college that you can go and actually study at. You could spend 20 weeks studying this intersection of creativity and spirituality. Um, for you guys who are from that Christian background and want to check that out, go and have a look at acom.edu.au. And from there, just flick them an email to say that you're interested in the creativity and spirituality course. One of my favourite people in the world is Liz Mullaney. She runs The Practice Co. We're going to be, uh, you're going to hear from her in just a few weeks' time on this podcast. Um, but The Practice Co. are also sponsoring this season of the podcast. And they are an exceptional crew who are bringing these very well thought out, intentional, focused um, reflections, creative and spiritual reflections on living kind of a holistic life. They have inspired me no end. Liz is this incredible, beautiful writer who has gone on a journey of, of faith deconstruction and reflection and reconstruction. And she's just one of those incredible, wonderful people who has wisdom bombs at every second of every day. Maybe not quite that much, but she's very wise. And um, you can sign up for their app so you get like daily reflections and devotionals. You can... Um, go and have a look at their website, thepracticeco.com and at their Instagram and you'll just be as inspired as I am by these wonderful people. Do you remember a lift-off moment for you in your writing of one of, one of your books, one of your stories? Is there, is there when you were just writing something and then it was like next um. level? Well, I guess, I mean, I wouldn't let it go to, to, to publication without it having that, hmm. I suppose, yeah. um, even though I'm, it comes out and I can, it's, it's uh, there's a lot of self-criticism right. um, yeah. at times. Yeah. You know, it comes, uh, yeah, I try, I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. <laughs> yeah. But generally my response is kind of do better, Ingrid, you know. <laughs> you yeah, can do better, right. the next one will be better. Yeah. Um, which is, is not, that not neg- healthy. Is yeah. that negative voice still there when you have that lift-off moment no. in the writing? It's no. not, it goes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess that's that, that's those moments that are what keep you going, really, mm. because that's when you go... This is this is incredible. Mm. Um, not that the, the just this the feeling is incredible, isn't it? You know, it's that it's just deeply rewarding. And um, so, do I? I mean, I remember many. I I, I guess mm. um, even yeah. So just this morning, just I've actually been. I, I, my approach to every every manuscript is is different in terms of plotting versus not plotting, etc. But with this yeah. one, I am have been doing a fair bit of down to a like a pretty detailed synopsis and chapter breakdown, which I wouldn't normally do, but. Mm. Um, and now I'm just putting it into evo- the stories evolving mm. and actually feeling like it is rich, um, even mm. though the events in the story are not dramatic. It's not that they're, they're not yeah. like if, if I was to pitch it, I'm not going to say, you know, this is thriller. This, 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 it's not <laughs> it's so thriller. not a thriller. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, and it's not a dramatic catalyst, but I don't think there huh. needs to be a dramatic catalyst. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it is dramatic in its own right. Yeah. Because, because, Feelings like the, if the protagonist is eleven years old, yeah, and their 
for an 11 year old kid or for anyone what what might sound like um a not necessarily that dramatic event mm. it still can be a trigger for enormous change yeah yeah if in and if written well it's still a really can be a gripping read you Absolutely. know if yeah. the, if the reader is on board yeah. with the character yes and if yep. they are drawn into that world yeah. then the simplest things can be real and big yeah. and significant totally yeah i remember there's um, one of the crew that I work with and do stuff with, um, Dan Nixon, he always talks about it as like the backstory of your character might be something huge and dramatic. And there might have been something massive in their life. But then he also says, like, if you pick up a, we have a glass of water here, pick up a glass of water and it's light and you can hold it. Now keep holding it out and keep holding it out. After a minute, your arm gets tired. After 10 minutes, you're like, after an hour, you're like, my arm is really killing. Um, And the weight of it, like, even though it's a small, tiny thing, exactly what you're saying, even though it might be not this grand scale they went through, there was this, uh, I don't know, whatever, massive experience that happened. But actually, the weight of little experiences in our lives and in the lives of our characters kind of can build up and build up and build up. And so this, what is a, on the surface, little experience is actually a massive experience. It's actually holding the weight of all of this kind of stuff. And I think also it's that it's a matter of being able to show the reader the the inter the, the what what it's like being in the world for that character what it's like so mm. if they're experiencing like this uh, I'm, I'm very much in this current madness group so that's yeah. what can you tell us what of, it's about I, I you, can talk a bit about it so yeah. but just to, to the point that I'm the setup is that um, the, the 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 protagonist whose name is at the moment is Kasha but you know my editor might have, have an opinion about that because of the <laughs> fucking spelling no one can pronounce it um, so I'm my father's Polish she's yeah. Polish. Um, and so in the setup, I really want to show her as experiencing um, a, a quite a profound sense of isolation yeah. and a lack of belonging and identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing that through um, – so I, I really wanted to show that she's very lonely and lacks a sense of place. Mm. And so um, – and and the idea behind that was I was inspired by the by the sort of concept ultimately of you know what is the the, the power and value of knowing about your history yeah and it's not something that I um, you know have been fascinated by particularly in the past except that my own father has been um, over recent years uncovering a lot of information about his father my grandfather. Yeah. And that has been really moving mm. and important. So I wanted to write about, just explore that idea the, about the, the curiosity about the past and what that yeah. what that gives a person. Yeah. And I guess I wanted to bring in cultural difference and what that means mm. and what it means for this character who's Polish to uncover. So she will uncover... Uh, it's sort of inspired by a true history of this really fascinating woman called Simona Cossack who lived in a in the forest in Poland for 30 mm. years um, and sort of lived with a wild boar in her hut. Lived and, with the wild boar, uh-huh, uh-huh. just hanging out it's with true. the boar. There, there's photos. It's incredible. <laughs> so she was a photographer. Yeah. And this is, in, you know, she was born in 1941. Wow. So really radical. Um, and she sort of also wrote and, and was a filmmaker and she came from a family of artists. So, you know, it, so it's inspired by this woman's story. Yeah. And so when Kasia... Will will discover that she is related 
yeah. to this woman. So she uncovers through kind of a, a treasure hunt of. So she finds at the moment, and it may change. I don't hold <laughs> yeah. it or anything. She a, a letter falls out that's written in Polish out of right. this book that her father used to read to her before he he, he had to die. I'm sorry, but he kind of, I was been working with this. Um, I been working with this historian, family historian, yeah. on this on this. Um, Subject because the book is actually supported by Public Libraries Victoria, the yeah. creation of the book, and so I've been working with this wonderful um, family historian called Liz Pigeon, right? And um, she's been helping me, and and um, we were kind of trying to work out how how I could do this, yeah. And the father who's Polish because he has to be Polish because anyway, yeah. Um, we ended up just going. Oh, shit, he has to die because otherwise, because otherwise, there's no treasure hunt. <laughs> so, but you've got to do that. these things happen. So you've got to kill off someone. Kill, killed him. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I did actually have that. Her mother was um, somewhat neglectful, and my editor said, "Ingrid, can 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 mum be just? Can mum actually just be quite nurturing and available in this one? Like because yeah. in my previous books, I've had as it happens, kind of absent." parents mm -hmm. um yeah. which is a lot of fodder for the you know yeah, for a child yeah, yeah. but it's so, so it's interesting actually writing it i'm enjoying that um writing a character who actually has the supportive loving yeah. mother but who doesn't have to necessarily hinder the um the depth of the experience that the character has if that makes yeah. sense yeah or the the challenges that she has yeah so it's sort of I'm still sort of working it out, but basically that she, her, her best friend is actually a, a Samoan kid. Mm. Um, I spent quite a number of years working at a school for um, new arrival, so migrants and refugee yeah. background yeah. kids, and most of them were from Iraq and um, Syria. And at that time, a lot of kids from Samoa as well. Yeah. Um, based out in Broadmeadows, so that's where a lot of that community living. Yeah, yeah. And, um and, and I worked with one of the aides in the classroom. His name was Willie, um, who had I don't know how many kids. Yeah. I, I just had a great relationship with him. So, um, so her, so Kasha's best friend Aleki, um, whose siblings they have, um, she's got lo lots of siblings, and her cultural life yeah. really shows up for yeah. Kasha. I mean, it, it heightens Kasha's isolation at the start uh, yeah wow she sort of yeah. goes on a play date and and she goes to church with um with Aleki and there's yeah. just such a sense of community and place and belonging yeah. and they share yeah. these songs and and Kasha just is really lacking that says I don't have that she doesn't have that and also yeah. because her her neck I, I made it that I knew that I had to make the problem bigger at the start yeah um and her best friend Bowie was living next door and I just showed that she just moved away so yeah. she went away so those long hours after school which Kasha used to spend with Bowie, and Bowie was someone who sort of brought out Kasha's true colours and made her mm. inspired her, and they talked about plans and ideas mm. and laughed, and so that that when that was suddenly gone, it was set up so that Kasha was feeling particularly alone, and then um, when she goes to Aleki's house for for a play date, and she's there's all this big family, and there's mm. such a strong sense of belonging, and she becomes mm. part of that life. Mm. Um, it's not until she starts to uncover this sort of through a treasure hunt of sorts she finds out her relationship. Family treasure hunt. Yeah, and I think that yeah. ultimately she'll make contact with a Polish relative, a, a, like a cousin and yeah. her age yeah. and make contact. And 
She, so she and she also goes to the market and finds the Polish stall and eats um, Polish food and yeah. builds a relationship and yeah. learns how to say "dziękuję" um, in uh, "thank you" in Polish. Right. <laughs> this is probably terrible pronunciation. And <laughs> so there's language in there. Language yeah. is always so important to me. Yeah, you know, I just, I'm pretty fascinated by it and I love it. So in I love deep dive into your book as you're writing this book and your others as well obviously like you're tapping into maybe not your own direct story but in some sense is what's what's the writing of the book this one and others what is it teaching you about you do you write out of that place at all i think you have to don't you i mean you have to be able to tap into some um version of an experience to or some so i guess you have to have some frame of reference for it for sure to be real i think so although yeah yeah, it's a really good question i mean i guess you know you live a life and you experience a whole lot of you know um ups and downs and challenges and um you have a lot to draw on in that Mm. life i certainly have a lot to draw on myself i've got Mm. you know and i guess everybody does because everyone experiences change and must adapt to that everyone is confronted by um loss or not having their expectations met or Mm. having a difficult relationship with themselves as something you and i were talking about earlier or having difficult relationships with siblings or friends or there's always challenges and so i guess um you know if you if you're living you know you're living a life really then there's always going to be a lot to draw on yeah so there's the drawing on it to Mm. bring into your book and as you're writing it are are you finding or as you've written any of it have you found that then in the writing of it it's um giving you fresh eyes to look back at those experiences of your life does like does does it go back the other way as well for you to flow back the other way and change how you see things in your life that's a great um, question, and I, absolutely, absolutely, mm. absolutely, perspective gives me perspective. I mean, I've probably, like many people, um, have had periods of my life where things have been challenging, and I've just mm. done writing to kind of just put it on the page, and yeah. Um, so, I've separated from my um, partner or husband of you know twenty years, wow. um, yeah. seven or eight months ago. Yeah, um, I should know more specifically. <laughs> You're not up to the first. Um, what do they call it? A lemon lemon oh, moon? Oh, gee. The, I think like, I am. I, I'm going to say I am. Um, yeah. But so, um, I think that that's a really good example of what you're talking about. In that, mm. in the in the lead up to that separation, I did a lot of, of writing to mm. process to change what was going on within myself, yeah. and it's been really valuable for me in such a time of huge change for mm. myself and the people in my in, in, within that family, my, my daughter and my ex, I guess, um, yeah. to it's been important for me to – it's been helpful mm. looking back at that writing. When I've, when I've had, have lost perspective or have had t- difficult times of going, whoa, what's going on? This change is ginormous and, you know, yeah. everything's just blown to smithereens and then trying to find traction and try, trying to find – you know, my feet, particularly in the earlier months, less so yeah. with time, but yeah. it's been really great to have writing to look back and go, mm. that is what it was like. Mm. And that is that is why I made the choice that I made. And mm. I mean, definitely, certainly my, my first book, which was um, a memoir, which was written from a place of 
there was no, no nothing else that I could have done except put it my experience into words in order to keep going. Which sounds very yeah. dramatic, but to, for you know, for me, you know, you well, know, it was after, a massive time. Like the book was, yeah. So it was, a, loss it was loss. Yeah, loss of children, and and um, that I had, you know, my my whole heart and soul was 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 with them. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if anyone loves lightly, but I certainly didn't and never yeah, will. Of course. Um, but so after the loss of my sick and boy, I came out of that intensive care unit after six months. I remember walking out with my mum. Actually, I had I was wearing like a, some sort of a, a sort of a shawl, and I remember mum. I had been, you know, howling with the body, and it was, yeah. and she sort of put her arm around me and put it over my covered my face to, to lead me out, which is very dramatic. But I remember mm. just being in the under, the under the sort of safety in this. It was dark blue, I remember, mm. and mum was was there. And anyway, that's like a little dark runner. blue yeah, cave almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. Um, but I guess um, writing that was it, was, it just was incredibly important and I'm the, far mm. from the first person to, to have that kind of experience where putting something into words. For me, I would describe it as giving it a shape, which enabled mm. me to keep, to have my place in the day-to-day world. Because, mm. you know, when dramatic, you have you experience something intensely difficult in life, you've still got to get up in the morning and have a day and go to work or do, you've got to keep living your life. You can't, mm. you, you can't, you know, you're grieving, but you're not just sitting in a dark corner crying, you're living and mm. you're, you've got to keep hope and you've got to keep, you've got to find a reason to live. And um, so for me, as my, as I mentioned earlier to you, my, my mum said to me, those boys gave you writing because, mm. and I, and I love that, that as, as, as a positive, that was a gift. gift because yeah. I fell in love during the process of writing that, that memoir. I really became addicted to that um, playing with words and moving words yeah. around and making it better. I just yeah. and at that yeah. time I didn't feel pressure, put much pressure on myself to, to rush it or to get to an end product. I just yeah. that's not. It was your it, first. Was it your first novel? It was your yeah. First it was thing. my first. Yeah. I mean, I had done yeah. lots of songwriting before, but it was my first yeah. writing of it. And I didn't even. I had no intention of publication or not. It didn't matter to me. Yeah. Yep. But I was falling in love with. I did fall in love with that process of just. So doing some writing about what happened, okay? So what happened, so yeah. describing what happened, and then and then having that experience of taking some words out and and making it changing a sentence, and hmm. then it would get better, hmm. and then that that felt good, hmm. and then going, hmm. what else can I do? Then what happened next? And yeah. then just I, I would um, go to the I was living in you know moved around a lot, and it's a long story, but was I went to the state library to the level where there's no Wi-Fi and there was nobody else there. Of course, yeah. there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> It was quite beautiful, and it was just um, just me and the words. Yeah, and I just was I just um, was in. It was a really, I think it was probably, possibly my. I don't know. It, it was it was so great not having a like. It wasn't like I had deadlines or I didn't put pressure or expectations on myself in relation to publication or, yeah. or a public or a, you know an author professional profile or anything. I just. I just was playing with the words and yeah. I was really addicted to that process. And I and, and I always try to remind myself that that's why I write for the pleasure mm. of playing with words and moving mm. words around. And mm. and I guess you would know about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I love that you're 
I, that beautiful moment sounds like a real liftoff moment like we we're talking about before and I love that that came about not just through the like often we think creatively that when we're in that free-flowing almost like flow of con- like the first draft we often think of well that's where you're going to get the liftoff moments like it's when you're but actually what you're saying it was as you took the step back sat with the words and and did the shaping which is what as poets what we're always doing is how can i reshape this sentence this word this phrase this paragraph to or not even to best articulate but to most to to draw to be as evocative like Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to evoke something out of who is reading it yep which is, I mean, that's the craft of what we do as writers. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. So I just, I love that the the takeoff, the beautiful moment and you falling in love wasn't just like uh, the splash of, of the words down on the page, but it was now I'm going to rearrange that mm. splash and, and I'm going to play with it. And the joy of the craft, like that both it was you getting your story down about the, mm. the intense experience that you just had but also then finding the joy, like both of those things linked together. Because often we talk about the therapeutic nature of getting our stories down and that kind of thing. But it sounds like there was both the therapeutic nature of it and the joy of the craft. Those two things coming together is what is bringing the lift off for you in that. Yeah, and it's not um, it's not one one moment of it's it's many small, Mm. you know, isn't it? You know, with, with writing, it's. Um, it's those little, it's lots of small moments mm. of, um, well, and, and, and much more moments not lift off, let's yes. be honest, yeah, yeah. most the of the time. It's not, let's not give any illusions about the joy of writing. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I, I just, yeah. I feel like saying anyone who thinks that writing is fun is wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it can, it absolutely, it's every, it's, <laughs> it isn't, it isn't, you know. Yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> sitting, I won't name names, but being at a book launch and this woman, um, you know, a wonderful author talking about what a joy it had been to write this novel. A yeah. joy, the joy. She was talking about the joy. It was such a pleasure. It was such a joy. And I and I looked across to, at another author who was sitting in the front. Yeah. And we looked at each other's eye and we were just going, we just shook our heads. And, and she just Did mouthed you? the word awful, like awful, awful. Like, you didn't want to do one of those coughing bullshit so things fun. like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah. What, the whole thing was a joy? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, sometimes I do think that some, you know, some stories come more easily than others. Yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, my last one, which, made, which just totally made me question the, the quality of it. <laughs> because there wasn't the joy? Because, because no, no, because was. it came easily. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it okay. came easily and I'm going, yeah. what's wrong? Why is this? <laughs> Isn't that funny? It must be shit. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know, I mean. like, and I've sort of. And then friend, when it's I've, shit, you're like, why isn't this going yeah, better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a friend said to me, Do you think maybe that you're Ingrid, that you're kind of getting better at it? And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. I but I, I, yeah, and then it just goes to print and it's out of your hands. And then it's gone out into the world. It's out in the world and you've got to get over yourself. And which reminds oh. me of the, well, also what we were talking about earlier, which yeah. was helpful that I do improv theatre because that's all about failing oh, and, yeah. and, and how, well, it's not all about failing, but you certainly have to get good at, you have to get good at, at failing epically or yeah. doing just not knowing what's going to happen next and being prepared to fail yeah. in order to take the risk of even being part of it at all.
Yeah, so let's talk about improv theatre. So mm. you, um, well, actually, in relation to your life, so what you were saying before, you you had marriage breakdown of 20 years, like seven months ago, and then since then have discovered improv. Was improv around before that? Yeah, so I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. Backtrack. I'm going to backtrack and say, um, let's, I reckon, the word breakdown with, with you know, I, you know, with a relationship... Yeah. Ending. And I just think yeah. this is relevant and interesting to yeah. everything anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, change. It's change. It's change. So a relationship yeah. can Breakdown end. Breakdown is the way the Breakdown worst Breakdown is way. <laughs> what a shit word to use, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to use that no, word. No, don't be. Don't, don't, but it's yeah. just interesting because yeah. change is just change. And mm-hmm. there's endings and beginnings mm-hmm. and... You know, it's it's interesting. I you know many people say, "Oh, I'm I'm so sorry." You know, to, yeah. to hear of, of, of it, you know, ending and, and yeah, yeah. but but one friend, yeah, um, who who I worked with, as soon as I I told her, and and this is not because she knew much about it, but she just said, "Congratulations." Huh. That was just her yeah. response. I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> not breakdown. Well, yeah. no, and I don't mean. I just it's it's interesting. These ideas around sort of success and failure of a yeah, relationship totally. ending, and yeah. that is because it's because it's called a marriage. Does that mean it ending is a failure? Whereas yeah. another relationship, uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Anyway, yeah. but look, I um, started improv shortly before that marriage ending mm. actually I, mm-hmm. I um went to stay by myself for a few days and yeah. i had a writer friend Catherine collette and meg dunley um uh, uh were doing improv right and i've always been drawn to acting of some sort and i knew yeah. improv would be super fun yeah and um so i just looked i just went put in improv melbourne and just yeah. there was a it popped up, and I there was that very night on that Tuesday there was a course starting. So while you so you went away for a few days, just I just to went get away to be by myself. Right. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I think I knew what was coming up for me, and yeah. I just had to go and sit with it. And yeah. Um, so and that night, that night it was, was starting. It's at, start. at, at, like, and so you went along. I went along. That's so I went good. along. So it was wow. start, that course was starting that night from seven till ten, and I was just like, it's a sign. Yeah. So. I just went and I had the best time. Yeah. Um, because it was, it's fascinating. I just find yeah. it fascinating. So I didn't know that improv, that there was such a craft to it. And mm. I have, have become, inc- I'm now, I've just finished my third eight week course. <laughs> addicted to I'm it. I'm addicted to yeah. it. Yeah. Because I've, I can really appreciate now that there's such a skill to it. Mm. And, and um, so it's got a really unique sort of challenge. For me, and, and a lot of that challenge that for me it is to do with, you know, what I say to myself when I get on stage, as it were, or, you know, just when I, it's my turn is don't try, just don't try. Don't try. Don't, just don't try. As in over try, as in try at all? What do you mean, don't try? I, what I mean, I guess generally in, in I'm quite aspirational. I'm quite, you know, I apply, you know, trying to, yeah. you know, in, uh, what I do, like probably achieving. Like many, achieving. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I always want to be good at what I do, yeah. like many people, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's not very fun. It's not, I'm not actually proud of it. It's shit. It's really, <laughs> but like, it, I get it from my daddy. Oh, so but has it got you to where you are as well? Well, where am I? <laughs> A published author with like four, five, six books, yeah. more books coming, well, something I'm to be proud per- of. I mean, you know, I think that, um, <laughs> well, I guess where you are is how you feel about it. Yeah where you are yeah, really yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. I mean it yeah. doesn't matter what the external um what things look totally. like that's right right yeah. um 
So with improv, you have to do the first course and a lot of the activities that you do, um, as anyone who does improv would know, you will, particularly in the first course, you do a whole lot of activities that you will inevitably fail at. Yeah. So you will, yep. these, there are games and activities that you cannot sustain. Yeah. And so you will inevitably fail. And you, yeah. So you, it's sort of difficult to articulate, but eventually you just get used to failing. Mm. And, and you get to a point where when the teacher asks for two volunteers, you just will fearlessly get up going, yeah, this is, I'll do it, it's fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. And, um, you know, I had a student jam last night and where you put your names in the hat and then you get called down, you know, there was an audience, there were 65 people in the audience mm. and you just get called onto the stage. You have no idea what you're going to do mm. and you're on, put on stage with people you may not know mm. and then you're told this is what you're doing. And wow. it takes, but my point is that it's so healthy to, yeah. to get to a point where you don't mind failing. And yeah. I can't say that I don't mind failing in, in my writing life, but I, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I do think I do feel like it's really developing a side of me that I'm, that is, that is really healthy. I yeah, guess. absolutely. Is it translating at all as you're into writing? Um, Obviously because yeah. the final product, you're not going to want to fail, but in the, Process yep. of writing that is all about failure too. If we allow absolutely, ourselves. completely, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. or any creativity, any mm. expression of creativity. It was the same with songwriting, or you know, any expression of creativity involves risk, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the blank page, the you know, the the, the song, like, or, and anything you create, you have to have courage to let yourself be open to what's going to mm. come. Mm-hmm. It, ta- it takes courage. Mm. And that's such an interesting thing in itself. Like, what's that about? What's the courage, you know? But the courage is to be open to it. Yeah. And so to be open to it, you just have to turn up and let yourself do it. And there's a lot of resistance to that Yeah. because it's scary. Yeah. I don't know why it's scary. Maybe it's scary because you're scared of it being not not great or you're scared of it being great in some weird way. Yeah. Or you're scared that there's too too much to you, like. I kind of feel like I've got so much to say and so much to explore with a written word. I've got so much ahead of me that I mm. can't wait to just. And at the same time, I'm terrified of it mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, I guess, in terms of the improv, one of the things that is coming out of it is just these really um, great connections I'm making with people because through doing the improv, we. Form a strong bond. Form strong bonds with one another. One, yeah. one another. One another. One another. One another. Yeah, and we do that, and um, <laughs> we form bonds, right? Yeah. And um, that in itself, I, I, I do feel like I'm just my life feels very rich because I have I'm mm. making my tribe is growing, and yeah. that in itself feeds into my writing because yeah. because and why I don't know why why. But it's pretty, it's immediate bonds. Like yeah. it's imme- because you're not just hanging with someone, like having a coffee with them. You're actually doing a vulnerable activity exactly. together and seeing each other fail. Yes. Exactly as you said. That exactly. can only be good for you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and only be relationally building. Yeah. Like there's a, I remember someone once talking about there's a difference between community and communitas. Community is a group of people who mm. come together mm. and they're together for whatever reason, mm. they're there. But communitas is a group of people coming together and then doing something together. And mm. in the doing something together, the striving, the wrestle, the and, and you know it from anything in your life when mm-hmm. you when you do that, there's there's something more that happens in that moment. Absolutely. The communitas kind of happens. Mm. Um, 
Which I love. It's what it sounds like happens within the improv. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So so you go deep very quickly. Yeah. Um, and yet because you have to – if you're – like the last course I did was called Character and that's about exploring different characters and you need to um, – it was quite challenging because you need to get your head into really diverse characters. Yeah. And I was really challenging myself – well, I had to um, – yeah to play characters that didn't come comfortably huh. to me. Yeah. Um, I started with characters that did. Yeah. And then um, I made myself, you know, also further to conversations with my teacher. Yeah. And I made myself play characters or fall into characters that were just, were new, were foreign to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. As you're doing that with people, are you then like one of the things that I think would really be present there would be having to trust. Yeah, absolutely. Like in terms of the other people, yeah, because yeah. it's it's yeah. a very. I mean, you can obviously do improv just solo improv, but I, th- I think to do it with other people means not only are you being vulnerable and courageous in your offerings, you like, but exactly. you're offering and holding space with a group of people and trusting them that they'll have your back in some way as you will theirs. Like that's a beautiful. Absolutely, and that's like with improv. That's one of the things that that is so great about it. You know, they, they said like one of the lines I remember my teacher saying is, "Your job is to make that other person you're with look great." Mm-hmm. So all you have to do. Wow. Yeah, how great is it? So one of the things that you do is you make them when they say when she says look great, it's not look yeah. great. It's when they give an offering, whatever that is. When they say, "Oh, look, there's a." spider or whatever you've got to go you're on board you run with it whether whether it's that you know whatever your reaction is you're going to make them look great as Mm. in bring it to life Mm. so you bring Mm -hmm. to life what they bring and and they bring to life what you bring wow and so it's also it's very much about trusting and and you've got to it takes practice to yeah and it's interesting because our teacher very much encourages us to we always go and sort of hang out afterwards and have drinks and she very much encourages that because yeah. you get to know one another and then you're better at working together yeah. because there is more trust. Yeah. You also know each other's tendencies yeah. and strengths. And um, it, yeah, it's very much about yeah, ha- having to trust. And yeah. that's such a um, healthy thing to develop. Mm. Um, and it's very in- enriching. Very enriching. It's very enriching. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and it, like transposing it into our lives, mm. um, away from because all of our creativity obviously then can be taken, and the things we learn, the lessons we learn in our creativity, I think play out, can play out beautifully in our lives if we let them. To to have the offerings that people give us in life, um, which happens all the time in lots and lots of different ways. Um, and there's risk and there's vulnerability in our relationships that we have in general with friends and family, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, like, I'm just thinking, imagine a world where we go around and we're like, what can I do to like, to celebrate the best of this person, to make their thing like the best in the creative world, in our lives in general. Imagine a world where that would be the case. It would be rather than all the divisiveness, all the shit of our current social dynamics within our society, et cetera, et cetera, that just that little change of perspective would change everything. Change everything. And you would have so much to give. Yeah. Because... If, yeah, I love that. And you'd be given so much. Yeah. So much to give and be given so yes. much. Yeah. And I guess connection happens when you do have that open sort of open-hearted approach or open approach and you have a – I guess, I'm, you know, I tend to be uh, – assume that 
people are really nice and trustworthy yeah. to just to a fault. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not, that's not, I'm not sort of doing a humble brag thing. I just, I am. I just, I just yeah. assume people are all really nice and it's good and It's a beautiful way to be. I'm the same. And warm I'm and kind. Same. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and then you get surprised if yeah. you're not. You're yes. like, oh, yeah. I go, what? Surely not. What? No, Surely you don't mean do that. that. Yeah. You don't mean that. Yeah. And they'll just go, no, park that. Bring out the nice side. Let's have a laugh. Yeah, that's right. Pretty much anything for a laugh. I mean, anything for a anything laugh. For anything a laugh. for a laugh. Anything. And if there is a laugh, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to, you invited me to improv the other night, yep. which was wonderful. And I loved going. And what I noticed about it is essentially it's a, um, it's a comedy or mm-hmm. like there's probably not one night of improv where you don't laugh, um, which is also a beautiful thing to have in your life that you're constantly laughing. And I, I was thinking about that. And then thinking about in relation to what we're talking about before, that the book writing and how book writing, there is this long separation between you and the audience. This is Mm, the opposite. mm, Like this is, if you were going to choose anything as almost the very opposite, you have immediate, instant, Mm. instant feedback from the audience as to what's happening in that creative moment. Yes. Um, Not just feedback. It's so interesting because this is the magic of improv that... yeah. Because no one knows what's happening next. Not even you. You don't know. The person you're with doesn't know what's about to happen next, and the audience doesn't know. So the magic is, and the humor is, that that it all happens at once. You're all learning about it together. Yeah, and and the the comedy happens when someone, even the person who says the response that they say, they didn't even know they were going to say that, and that's what's funny. Yes, I mean they'll know to an extent. So an experienced improv improviser, I'm learning. You know, there are. They're at, they have tools and strategies and they have ways of twisting things or direct, yeah. they may they may sort of have ways of drawing a narrative a particular way or, or yeah. bringing something new in. That, yeah. So that's so that sort of uh, they're different approaches. Yeah. But either way, no one knows what's going to yes. come out next. Yeah. And there and that's therein lies the that's the sort of the magic of it. These unexpected. And it, and it can be so funny when the person who's sort of in it and then they go to say something and and it's just so funny. Yeah. And they're going, this is so funny. Like, oh, that's hilarious. I didn't mean to. And then the audience is laughing their head off. Yeah. But even the, when, you know, just during the course, there's just so much humour. Mm. Yes, there's humour. I mean, it's hard to convey without sort of describing some of the stuff that you do. But there's mm. humour, but there's also um, uh, exploration and yeah. depth and challenge and yeah. vulnerability and courage for sure. I am loving all this, especially in terms of the Deep Place podcast, is um, so much of this season has been talking about how we can go deep in our craft and go deep that in all of our creativity, Mm. it's going to come alive if we are willing to go to those deep, vulnerable places. Mm. But then also, how do we go from those deep, vulnerable places and bring it out into the world for the world to experience um, so that we're not just like, slit wrist walking around going oh life life mm-hmm. um and improv like it's going there's there's there were moments the other night where i was where i was in tears feeling tears come up it goes to the deepest places because of the vulnerability because of the um the offerings that you give each other to go deep 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 but the way that it does it 
it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like you're laughing your head off at one moment and then a next scene will play out. Another scene will play out that will bring you into the depth of your heart. And then, but then in the midst of that scene, like laughter starts happening as well. Mm. Like what, a, if there's anything, I'm just thinking if there's anything that encapsulates that idea of both being willing to go deep and willing to play on the surface to mm. do both of those things mm. to translate that into surface stuff. Improv seems to be a, a beautiful image of that. And for it me. just makes me think what you're saying, it makes me think about how the fact that sort of deeply sad or difficult, experience, painful experiences yeah. are side by side with, well, for want of a different word, but we'll, we'll joy or, or, yeah. or comedy. Yeah, comic, wow. Comic moments. They're, they're absolutely, they're, they're not, they're not isolated yeah you know um i don't really know what i'm saying except that no i I love it but and i'm sure you like even i don't know if it was the reviews of your first book or the something of your book around your memoirs was Mm. that intense subject like the loss of two kids but there's humor and joy that you found along the way in there well that's it that's life isn't it yeah so um you know and i remember um the it was published with Alan and Unwin, and they wrote the blurb at the back. And yeah. and um, you know, I, I, it's so interesting because you know you often don't write your own blurb, or you, I don't. And yeah. um, and I was going, no, that's not what it's about. And I had cracked it, and um, it was my first first book, and I, I was just going, what, <laughs> what is this? And because it sort of it 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 sort of says, uh, it's, suffice to say that the last line is that it, it, it is even a kind of joy, you mm. know, right? So it's mm. about the difficulty of the loss of, and it reminds me of uh, the publisher saying that you know the launch that the book takes you to very difficult places while still holding your hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look in life, you know, you, you can you can lose. You know, I remember. To be, to be really, if I can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we had, we, it's extreme, but I'll okay. talk about it. So when our first baby died, left, yeah. and we were offered to take his, to go with his body in yeah. um, to the to the morgue, yeah. at, well, to the part of the hospital where there, there was, I guess it's a morgue. Yeah. And we did, yeah. and it was brutal. The, yeah. the, we and in fact, we you know this is so life. We walked through a car park to get there. The, the woman, the nurse t- taking us, took us through a goddamn shortcut, <laughs> like you know, in the lift. And like you know, I was crying, and you know, mm. he was crying, and it was horrendous. Mm. It, was, it was just hearts just in pieces, hearts in yeah. pieces. You know, um, shock, horror. You know, but but just sadness. I can't even remember, but. Mm. Utter sadness, but then I remember being in this, you know, going into this cold room and this and this sort of fairly chipper young woman kind of greeting us. And <laughs> chipper young woman <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the she, morgue. She works in the morgue, <laughs> and you know, here's these sort of devastated parents with their yeah. dead baby, and and I, I held onto Ben's. I just put my arms, leant with my head against his his back, and he's you know sort of holding the bag, you know, which yeah. I had insisted they kept the zipper open and as, yeah. as if he could breathe and. Um, and then and I'm just crying, you know, with my head on his back. And then he goes, are you snotting on my T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, and my mum was there and yeah. all three of us just burst into a little laugh. I mean, it yeah. wasn't, it was just funny. Yeah. 
and that's life. That is, that life. is life. And, yeah. and death's part of life, and that's laughing right. is life, and, and it doesn't. Let's not pretend it isn't. That's right. Because like, yeah. it is. Yeah. And that's why you know I have pitched to, um, and and I've contracted the book after this one I'm writing at the moment. You know, is is it is it is a story that touches? It's for children. It's a middle grade book, but it mm. does touch on on difficult subjects. And my beloved agent thought yeah. I can't write that, but mm. fortunately, my publisher disagreed. And that's nice. Yeah. So yeah. Um, because I'm it was too full on, because it was yeah. around death and yes, things. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think that um, children know that we die, and yeah. they grapple with that yeah. too. And yes, it needs to be done very skillfully or lightly yeah. or yeah. you know but um i do think of the the morris geitzman series the once now then series where he you know he it's it's set in the holocaust and he mm. writes about you know extreme scenarios but he he pulls it off not like mud pulls it off isn't even a very i don't know not a very tactful way of yeah. saying it but, um, <laughs> yeah. but it works and yeah. it's so moving and i remember yeah. my daughter when she was maybe nine or 10 reading that series and being absolutely gripped and moved mm. and learning. So she was t- taken so well t- into that world that she now has a, sort of a felt ex- understanding of some mm. sort mm-hmm. of that of that experience. Um, mm. Yeah. It's all such glorious stuff because I love that and we'll we'll start heading in towards landing because um, it feels like it's all coming together in a beautiful way in terms of um, whether we're talking improv or whether we're talking novel writing or whether we're talking lift-off moments of beauty and wonder and creative flow and getting to play with words or whether we're talking the hard stuff of life it all comes together into the creative practice and and i wonder if that is the it's like i just feel so honored that we get to do what we do that we get to to for ourselves and then subsequently help other people to hold on Mm -hmm. to all of these things that could be so separate and and in many of our lives are so separate, like we compartmentalize our life and so we've got this here, this here, this here. But creativity is like forcing us to sit in the shit of life and the joy of life at the same time, um, both with ourselves, creating it for ourselves, but also then playing out to other people. Mm. Um, all of these, it's like this whole this whole chat has been like all about holding these tensions mm. together. And perhaps that's the way forward for us in going to the deep place in our creativity and bringing it out into the world is being willing to hold the tensions together and to not let go of any of those but to go no these these this whole breadth of the human experience Mm -hmm. is what life is about and what creativity is about and so i refuse to let go of them beautifully put yeah yeah and we're done yeah i mean (laughs) that's it yeah that's creativity that's life yeah 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 it feels like full stop. It feels like it that's does. it. It feels like we're, that's yeah, the... Yeah, it, it, it does. This is a beautiful conversation <laughs> that I've just cut yeah, off you do, No, my... you've just, you've, you've just did this finessed, you know, bringing together of these 
so beautifully brought together. There's not a word I could add or, or want to add because um, mm. I, I, I concur. Mm. Concur. I concur. I concur. Okay, so. And there should be a hammer. Like, yeah. hey, a gavel. Okay, a gavel. We're gavel. Done. gavel. What is it? Gavel. A gavel? Is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah, we're going to call it a gavel. Yeah, we'll call it a gavel. It's a gavel. So thank you for coming on this podcast and, and beautifully sharing your experiences, hard experiences, wonderful experiences, the, the creative writing thing. Maybe to finish off, because I want you to have the last word, not me. <laughs> Jeez. Um, what, do you, what do you say to the people who are sitting the there? People. The people, the creative artists who are sitting there listening, oh. going, oh, fuck, I've got this thing they want to do. I've got this. Oh, like, they don't need to. What do you to. say they, to them? I mean, they know. I mean, we know. I mean, I guess what I would say is. Well, what did you need to hear? Either when you were in the thick of the really crappy moments. Look, I guess the thing is that we that we that we know but need to keep hearing is that you just need to keep turning up, Mm. and that's and that's when I go because I do a lot of author visits to schools. I work with children a lot. I also do I work like I recently did a a big PD day with sort of forty teachers at a school about trying to support them to draw out students' creativity in their yeah. writing, right? Yeah. So not for them not to just sort of draw on Minecraft or whatever electronic thing, because often they were sort of drawing on ideas from that, which is fine. But yeah. um, also with a lot of their EAL students, there was cultural inhibitance to letting themselves um, really play with ideas and storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's that creating space or finding what it is, whatever it is that you need that mm. will enable you to make room to just get it going and keep it going. Mm. And, and part of that sort of is it is the turning up. It's the mm. turning up, which often, like for me, it's it's like it's the, it's, it's the clock. You know, it's, you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. You just have to turn up. You yeah. don't want to, but See you just got to keep job, turning like up. A it's nine. a job. Yeah, yeah. But it's also understanding, and for me increasingly it's understanding that presence of mind, so being present. So for me that means writing early in the morning or writing mm. in the morning before mm. looking at emails you know, where possible, and, I, and I, t- I talk about it much more easily than I do it. You know, mm. um, it's 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 challenging because so I'm sort of you know I'm running my own business really, and so there's always endless sort of left brain work to be done, and yeah. there's always promotion and publicity you could do, and there's endless yeah. possibilities. Um, and sometimes it's more tempting to go to that than to let yourself be in that space where you need to be open mm. and available for whatever may come mm. and to get whatever shitty or not shitty words that come onto mm. the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably the, the, the big thing is to know that um, doubting yourself, doubt is normal. It's part of the deal. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Keep going Just anyway. Keep it's all that stuff that, you know, J- Jerry Saltz in his book, How to Be an Artist, Charlotte mm. Wood, um, you know, all, all of those you know, great books about, about writing, even Stephen King, um, you know, just self-doubt is just there. And yeah. my mum is a, a visual artist and a ceramicist, you know, and, and I remember my daughter when she was – she does a lot of drawing and writing and stuff, and she was saying to my mum, oh, I just – I'm not good at it, at, you know, I just – I'm not liking my work and, and you know, I just I, – I don't like it. And my mum said, oh, that's just the cake on the side. The liking your work. No, the, the not the, liking it. The, the, right. the self-criticism. She oh, says, yeah, yeah, that's just the, that's you know, just, that's just the, the cake on the no, yeah. yeah, that's just, that's this there. That's just there. And yeah. um, so she, you know, she's a, a, such a living example of, mm. you know, she just lives her creativity. She, mm. You will never see her sitting there without a drawing, like a, a pen and a and paper drawing in, in, in a hand. To, mm. And it's not... It's not with an agenda of external success or validation. She just is always making stuff. Mm. She's with her ceramics or painting or drawing. She's just 
has to be doing it and um she's an inspiration in, in that in that way but mm. and it's not not everyone has that but i, I think um this the yeah that all you can do is is keep turning up if, if if you can and that it just does take fortitude and and yeah. and grit and if you wait for the perfect desk with the perfect view or that room of your own or not to have a day job or yeah, anything yeah. then you're just going to be doing what most people do and is have an unfinished manuscript in your drawer yeah and i remember maria Tumarkin a quote that she i read of hers and she i can't even remember if she was quoting someone else but it was that the difference between writers and non-writers is that writers write yeah yeah they just do it and so that's the difference you know mm. i mean who doesn't you know, there's so many people sort of say, I'd love to write a book or I'm going to write a book or I want mm. to write a book. And it's a matter of writing a book. Mm. <laughs> or well, let's not even say book, but, you know, people say to me, oh, but I, oh, yes, I'm working on something, but I'm not a writer. Well, you know, it's just a word. Yeah. If you're writing, you're a writer, right? I mean, yeah. just to get, let's get over. Yeah. You know, where is it? Oh, am I allowed to come to this dinner or am I allowed to come to this group if I'm not published yet? Or, you know, let's yeah, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I, when I work with children, I just say, number one, let's just throw out all the rules. There are no rules. We are playing with words. What are we doing? Playing with words. Yeah. Because rules are crippling. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and there are rules. There's craft and there are ultimately, it's not that there are rules, but there are ways to make it work. There are yeah. ways to make it better. Yeah. But you have to get let also, it's that sort of fine line of letting go of those rules. Yeah. Um, and letting yourself play, yeah. you have to do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I remember in Big Magic, Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert said something about, you know, only it's, you know, it's, it's both a, a privilege and a crushing chore or something. Yeah. Um, and it's also, another of those tensions that we're going to yeah. hold together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so it's holding those tensions, but it's turning up yeah. to be, to, to make that happen. Yeah. And it's bloody hard. Um, yes. It's bloody hard yeah. to have that, to have the, the discipline and, and the, the self-belief, and yeah. I, that's why you need community and people such as yourself and others. You know, I, I've, I've learned that certainly for me, and it's not for everyone, but um, yeah. having fellow writers, I'm, I'm in a, you know, involved with lots of writers in many ways, and I yeah. consciously foster that because, you know, it just helps that it's to you just be aware of that shared experience. Yeah. I love it. I love it, and I think it, we can begin to put the gavel mm, down now. Mm. Um I, I want to pick up on what you said because I think it's actually really, really freeing to go, this self-doubt, I could fight and spend all my energy fighting to get rid of it or I can just go, well, it's there, but I'm going to do it anyway. Exactly. And and as you do it anyway, perhaps that voice gets quieter and quieter. Or you just get used to it being there. Or it's you just, just go, there. That's just, but yeah. You just go, oh, yeah, that's that's there. Yeah. And I think it was, oh, was it Philip Roth. I remember seeing a bit of a documentary, and in his in this place where he lived, he had this. There was a wooden piece of plank thing, and it was on a stand, and it just had two letters scroll handwritten one after the other. It was like A to an E, like handwritten. They were yeah. joined, and the interviewer said, "Why have you got that there?" And he yeah. said, "It's to remind me that writing is just one letter after another." Mm-hmm. And it's just to rem- and interesting that he needed that. You know, this this is gentle reminders. Okay, just it's just one little letter mm. after another, mm. and yeah. So mm. friends, go and write one little letter after another <laughs> yeah. until it's done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast. It's been wonderful to chat. Thank you. It's been wonderful, Joel. Thanks for having me. My pleasure.